Connected Families podcast is made possible by listeners like us. My name is Sherry Fasella, and I'm proud to be a certified Connected Families parent coach. My husband, Troy, and I live near Des Moines, Iowa. We have two adult kids who are both newly married. As empty nesters, one way we enjoy staying connected is by hosting brunch for our kids after church on Sundays. I hope you enjoy today's program. Hey, everybody. This is Stacey Bellward, the host of Connected Families. Our purpose with this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth onto your children. I'm so glad that you are here with us today. You know, recently we had a post on social media that got a lot of traction. We are pretty active on Instagram and Facebook. Well, the post asked this question. It said, is your child intense and impulsive? And then we said, so were God's chosen leaders. It got a lot of likes and a lot of shares, and I think it resonated with many. Well, today we are going to be talking about seeing the gifting in our children, even when it comes out in ways that are not helpful to you as a parent or to the world. And we call that the gifts gone awry. I have Lynn Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, here to join me, and also Lydia Rex, who is a parent coach on staff. Hi, Lynn. Hello, hello. Good to be here, especially with my Lydia. (laughs) Hi, Lydia. Hey, Stacy. We always enjoy our times together. We've got to have quite a few because the two of you came together and presented for the Sensitive and Intense course. And I know that we wanted to put this podcast together, especially because of the Sensitive and Intense course. We wanted an audio version of this teaching. And so we call it Gifts Gone Awry. I know for me, when I started years ago with connected families, the idea of gifts gone awry was, it was kind of a, I scratched my forehead a lot. I had to really work on it because I had come from a place where behavior was either all right or all wrong. And so this idea that there are good giftings underneath behavior that's coming out as disobedience or wiggly or just not helpful was definitely something that I spent some time thinking about and learning and changed my parenting actually. So have either of you experienced that kind of a with your coaching clients, just, huh, what is this idea about? Oh yeah. It can be just a huge game changer. I think a big light bulb moment for a lot of parents when we talk about gifts gone awry and what if underneath that misbehavior is something that God put in your child that is so amazing and can be, you know, grown and shaped into a gift on track that is just a huge blessing to the world around them? Yeah, most parents really take that that concept as eye-opening and you know just really encouraging, but a few will be kind of a little more skeptical. So we certainly have some scripture that we'll include in this podcast that gives us confidence to say this is a biblical way to look at ourselves, at our kids, at really at anyone. And even the post on social media that we posted was just really good. We can, we're going to talk about it later, but there was some characters in the Bible and Jesus saw the good underneath some squiggly behavior. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk just a second about why this is important. I know there's a quote that you say, Lynn, and here it is. It says, your thoughts 
can become your child's inner voice and ultimately their identity. I think that's an important place to start so that we can just unpack why Gifts Gone Awry really does change parents' perspective and why that's important. If we really focus on just everything that's bad about a certain behavior, and it's usually way more complicated than that. Like Lydia was saying, it's not just all black or white. It's complicated. And as we are able to to tease out the good parts in it before we get to addressing any sin or selfishness in it, that begins to help a child begin to see themselves as made in the image of God, as truly called for good purposes. And it just, it also brings joy into our parenting that is infectious and encouraging and fills us with energy for the long haul when we feel like I'm shepherding this kiddo that could use some of this intensity for really good purposes versus I'm just trying to get a peaceful day in my household. That's right. Intuitively, many parents kind of get this. I can remember when I think someone, I don't know, maybe in my extended family said to me, wow, I think your kid should be a lawyer, <laughs> right? They're, they're looking at maybe, maybe I don't even remember what the situation was. There a bit of arguing there? Probably. Well, the interesting thing is that girl, she is studying for her LSAT right now. Oh, look at that. Right. Like we get it. Like, whoa, that could, you know, you could take that, how that's coming out right now. And that's going to be a great quality someday. And it reminds me of the cartoon that I've seen, I think on a blog post, Lynn, do you want to, do you want to talk about it? How, how we expect kids to behave when they're little, but then big. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's a cartoon that I've shown when I speak on this. And, and it's a, a dad who's sort of bearing down on this small child. And he goes, honey, when you grow up, I want you to be assertive, independent, and strong-willed. But while you're a kid, I want you to be passive, pliable, and obedient. <laughs> and of course, we don't say that out loud. But how often does our the way that we approach our kids actually kind of communicate that? What's our priority right now is to have life be easy and manageable versus bring out those gifts that may not be so convenient for us now. Can I tell a story, you guys? Yeah. You know, way before I worked for Connected Families, it wasn't called Gifts Gone Awry in my world, but this was my experience with it, my first eye opener. And it was with my daughter's third grade teacher. Her name was Mrs. Wonders, and she was a wonder. Oh. And my a great name. She was just the most fantastic teacher. And I can remember at teacher conferences, her saying to me, you know, your daughter is behind in work and she's struggling to get things turned in, done and turned in on time. But you know what I see? The reason behind that is because she sees other people struggling. She sees when they need help with some of their work and she's over there helping them. And Mrs. Wonder said, I will never come down on her. And in fact, I have been calling that out in her because I see that as how God made her. And that quality of seeing the need and wanting to meet the need and be a helper of people is the qualities that God made for her that is going to carry her into the future. And I just was blown away by that because, you know, we were just talking about the immediate 
need. Her need as a teacher is to keep everybody moving along, right? And getting mm-hmm. things turned in, but she saw the good and then called that out in her. Mm-hmm. And and I also would just say is we've done quite a number of podcasts in the in the last month or so on kids who struggle and when they have diagnosis. And so this is my girl with dyslexia. And so instead of making, you know, school so much more of a struggle, she called out the gifting in her and didn't let the struggle define her. And that makes me choke up, you guys. Oh, that is such a beautiful story. And I love it when, you know, parents and teachers get on the same page of looking at these gifts under the surface and valuing the unique way that God made a child and some of the implications that that has for the calling that they'll have in life. I was thankful it was a Christian school and it was a small classroom. Yeah, so she could... She could use Bible language with me. How have you seen it, Lydia? How have gifts gone awry shown up in your house? You know, I was actually just thinking about a visit from my sister-in-law and my little nieces and nephews last summer and how I was actually bemoaning some of the struggle we were having with one of my kiddos being kind of on the cranky side. And my sister-in-law said, but have you noticed how kind he has been to the little cousin. Did you have you did you notice how he takes care of him in the, in the parking lot and and I think the the sensitivity that I was seeing come out as crabbiness, she was seeing some of the gifts of that sensitivity coming out. And so what a gift it is when we have those people in our lives whether it's a teacher or a family member who can help us to get our eyes opened to those gifts under the surface. But I was thinking about, it just makes a huge difference in how we respond to our kids and how we teach our kids. One of my favorite stories was when there was one day at swim team and my little buddy, my little Eric, my fun loving boy, I was watching him and he was not listening to the swim coach and he was not doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was off playing with another rambunctious kiddo. And when I got him to the car, I was like, Eric, I am not happy about something. And I saw that you were not listening. And I started to go to, and I, I could feel it in my mind. I was like, oh, I'm on a train that's going a direction I don't want to go right now. I thought about it the next couple of days. And the Holy Spirit was so faithful to come and shine a light into my son's gift gone awry, um, the gifting that he had, because I just noticed over and over the next couple of days, how wherever we would go, Eric was making people smile. Eric was making friends. Eric was just being his gregarious, big, fun-loving self. And it's such a gift. It's absolutely outstanding. I just love it. And so we circled back to that conversation and I said, you love being a friend. You love to have a good time with your friends. And what's important about how can you be a good friend at swim team and help our friends do their best? And it was a huge turnaround for him at the next practice. He did such a great job listening. He encouraged his friend. And I still see a year and a half later, I still see the fruit of those conversations that we had as he continues to be such a good friend and a good encourager. It wasn't just about getting him to listen better. It was about helping him to see all this wonderful part of how God made you. Let's get that on track. And that's just been really fun to see. I love that. It reminds me of the the phrase that we teach and that many people love, focus is fertilizer. Mm-hmm. So what we're paying attention to is what grows. And so you can pay attention to the fact that he wasn't listening, but what he was 
doing was being aware of other people. And yeah, what would you say, Lydia? He was he was being friendly and gregarious and fun and, and all of that, right? He pays attention to other people. He's so in tune to, yeah, to his friends and his family and his loved ones. And I love that his focus goes to people so easily. Mm-hmm. Well, Lydia, and I've heard you talk about how just that shift in perspective can bring such peace in your heart as you engage with your kids. Is there a scripture about that that's been helpful for you over the years? So John 14, verse 26 and 27 says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So this is a perspective of faith. When we look below the surface, when we look for those gifts God has put in our kids, that's the kind of peace that, you know, the world doesn't give us, that control doesn't give us. And it's just a, it's a perspective shift to realize that we're not alone in our parenting. The Holy Spirit is right alongside us. And I I love even how it says, He's going to teach you everything and will remind you. It's not just about us trying to get our kids to do the right thing. It's the Holy Spirit coming alongside us to guide us into the fullness of what God has prepared for us to do in his kingdom. And so that's an exciting place to be a parent and a peaceful place to be a parent. Yeah, so good. I think the idea Ephesians 2.10 is just such a key verse for me and brought me so much peace also. Let me just read it. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm a handiwork. Each of my kids is a handiwork and we're all different. We all have different giftings. That verse combined with the awareness that my kids are little. They're tiny. They don't even know what all their giftings are yet and who they are and their personality. This hunt for how God made my child. Mm. And of course they're little. Of course it's going to come out not helpful because it didn't come out helpful when I was a kid sometimes. And even for me right now, it's not helpful, right? (laughs) So we're all working towards being more helpful to the world, I guess I would say, you know, growing in our gifting. Mm -hmm. And so I just loved that part of parenting is we call it coach. You're called and capable. And as parents, we get to coach at that level of the framework. And so what is the gift and how can I work to help that gift come out in ways that are useful? So I wonder, Lynn, if you have any thoughts around that. You know, to just be thoughtful and prayerful about the things that you see your child struggling with on a regular basis. And then to just picture the Lord in that situation. And what might he see under the surface? How might he have created that particular thing? So picture your child using that intensity in a good way somehow. And what might that look like? And that's kind of holy work. That's not work that you're going to do in the midst of it when everything is going crazy. It takes that that kind of, and actually we've used the phrase from our course, slow, low, and listen, in a very global spiritual sense, slow your life down, get low and humble before the Lord and listen to what he says about your kids. And I remember one time, one of my kids who was just like, boy, if there was conflict in the family, it was usually that child and someone else. (laughs) 
you know, just being prayerful once, I felt like the Lord said, that child has the mantle of a peacemaker. And it was such a change, a shift in my thinking. I was like shocked. And for one thing, it's such odd words. <laughs> you know, it's like, it felt like it came not from my own typical thought loops. But as I prayed about it, I thought, oh, that child is fearless in conflict. And that's what a true peacemaker needs to just say, oh, we can go into this, deal with the real stuff, work it through and come out the other side closer. And that's a, a tremendously courageous gifting to do that. Not the one that wants to smooth over the surface and get pretend peace. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of you know, what I would say as a how-to is don't think you're going to come up with this in the heat of the moment. Step aside, go slow, get low before the Lord and listen and pray through what do you see going on in your child's life and what might be a gifting of that that the Lord could use in the future. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jesus, in the many times that he slipped away to pray, <laughs> was praying about Peter. What is his gifting? Because, man, he was strong-willed, impulsive, even defiant. And he told Jesus multiple times to his face that he was wrong. So in Mark 8.32, it says he, Jesus, spoke plainly about this, which was his suffering and death. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So Peter is rebuking the guy that raised the dead, healed the multitudes, gave sight to the blind, and fed 5,000 people. And he's telling Jesus he's wrong. Talk about some chutzpah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, and the next verse is, is really the only time Jesus ever rebukes Peter for all these times that he's just outlandish, you know, because his purposes were not the purposes of God. But at other times, he merely spoke just, he just spoke what was true. When Peter argued about who was the best in the kingdom, or when he cut off the slave's ear, or he bragged about his own unfailing loyalty, and then he panicked and lied. You know, Jesus does not come down on him and say, what is wrong with you? But he tapped into all those gifts for his purposes. So just Jesus' relationship with Peter gives me a lot of confidence that this is a really scriptural principle. So I can share yeah. after our break about a, a parable he told also that's that really profoundly supports this perspective. Well, let's go to a break. And when we come back, you can tell that story. Hey friends, do you know that we send out a weekly parenting tips email? It comes out every Thursday. It's actually the way that I started to become aware of the Connected Families framework. Well, I want you to know that the parenting tips email is an important part of our ministry. There's a team who work on writing them. Each parenting tip is Christ-centered, biblically grounded, research-informed, and trauma-sensitive. And hey, can I say shareable? <laughs> That's how I came to know about it, through a friend who found the practical and biblical help so useful that she passed it on to me. Well, if you're already getting the parenting tips email, will you share it? And if you don't get it, just go to our website, hit the start here, and you're going to be led to sign up. It's real easy. Leanne, a mom of two teenagers in Western Australia, wrote us and said this. She said, thank you for your wisdom and insight. 
I didn't even know I was parenting in fear until you nailed me with one of your blogs. That's the parenting tips. That's been my whole parenting journey. She says, I wanted to say thank you for being so very real and also practical. (laughs) Thanks, Leanne. We really love hearing from you. Well, friends, as I always say, sign up. And if you don't find it useful, unsubscribe. But listen, I don't think you will. So we're back from the break and Lynn had just been talking about impulsive Peter and how Jesus chose him. And we know Jesus saw all the giftings underneath his sometimes crazy behavior, including the many times when he he rebuked Jesus right to his face. And yet we see how the father used Peter so powerfully in his ministry and really how much he changed over the course of knowing Jesus and then being in ministry. So you had another story that you wanted to tell. Go ahead, Lynn. Well, it's about Luke 16 and Jesus tells a parable where a master tells his key servant that he is going to be let go. He'll no longer have a job. And so this servant goes to the master's creditors and he reduces their debt from between 20% off the top to cutting it in half so that then once he was fired, these people would take him in and care well for him. So really, the master was swindled by this guy. But this is what Jesus quotes the master as saying. He says, the master commended the dishonest manager, because he had acted shrewdly. It's like, it doesn't say the master just laid into him because he was a thief. It says he commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. And then, of course, Jesus instructs his listeners to use shrewdness, but do it for eternal purposes. So that's really kind of our template in this to affirm the gift, but then teach how to use it for honoring not sinful purposes and really Mm. inspire our kids towards that use of their gift. Mm. And this fits well with 1 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12, where it says, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging comforting. And I like to think that might mean comforting when they blow it (laughs) and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Mm -hmm. So it's really about just encouraging kids towards God's purposes in their life, you know, creating opportunities to use the gift on track, maybe even in the heat of the moment, just saying how you're using that gift is not very helpful. Mm -hmm. So Let's see if we might even be able to use your gift to solve our problem, directing them towards honoring use of that gift. So let's make this practical right here. What behavior might we pull out? Maybe arguing? Arguing and sassiness. That's a good one. Lydia's also got a good story. So let's take turns here, Lydia. (laughs) Sure. So I have my oldest child from pretty much infancy has been a kid who I would say she knows her own mind. She does. She's just, and she is, she's steadfast. She's immovable. I, you could call her stubborn sometimes, mm-hmm. but the gift underneath that is that she has these 
deep convictions. She is straightforward and honest in ways that honestly dazzle me. There have been times where there's been a conflict and I have said something like, I know you'll tell me about this when you're ready. Or I know that when you're ready, you'll make things right with your sibling. And guess what? She does. In Mm. fact, she has on several occasions come to me to confess her own part in a conflict that could have gone under the radar because what happened was little brother maybe slugged her or something like that. But she's come (laughs) to me and said, mom, I was thinking about what happened and I think I know what made Eric mad and I did this (laughs) and I chose to do this. He's a truth teller. Yes, such a strong truth teller. And that is such a beautiful value. And just being able to affirm that has just helped her to continue to grow in wisdom and grow in that honesty. It's really beautiful to see that coming out. So Lynn, do you have any thoughts on on in the heat of the moment, and the arguing is going on, and it's going on, it's arguing back and forth. And how would a parent respond with this teaching and the idea of gift gone awry? Well, it helps to, to, again, prepare yourself outside of that time. And so I just want to share a little research that will help you with that perspective. And it's from Ashley Merriman, who was the co-author of Nurture Shock, which is a, a book on research about kids and parenting. And she she's, says this almost mic drop statement, the opposite of lying is arguing. Mm. The opposite of lying is arguing. And it can be a positive sign that teens respect their parents. When kids are debating an issue, she explains they are sharing details of their life and trying to understand their parents' point of view. Mm -hmm. So arguing can be just a, a gift because you know that there's honesty involved, honesty being developed. So when your child is sassing or arguing, that can just be a helpful perspective to keep in your mind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was uh, having a tough morning with my son once. And this is a story that I referred to in our course where he said something rather sassy in, uh, in response to me, but we were, we were going to leave the house, but he had been sort of, you know, he tends to be highly distractible. And I tend to be the detail manager that just like, come on, come on, Let's follow through this. Let's get it done out of the house. Come on, come on. So we get in the car and, you know, it's kind of an icy silence. And then he goes, mom, you're like a little dog yapping at my heels. Oh, no. Something that you want to hear. Oh, if I'd had an ejector button, I might have pressed it. (laughs) Oh, but so I just like, you know, I shut up because I knew there's nothing coming out that's any good right now. So I shut up, I grabbed the wheel, my knuckles were white, my my face was red, and I said nothing, which is a really good response, because mm-hmm. it allows your child's words to kind of echo around the room. So it's echoing around the car. And he finally says, Mom, you're kind of quiet. <laughs> and I said, Well, that was pretty hard to hear but I've been praying and asking the Lord to show me something good under the surface of that. And I feel like he showed me that you have a really strong gift for vivid word pictures. And I could have stopped right there and said, and how you're using that gift is not very helpful right now, but I didn't. I went on to say, and I believe God is going to use that gift for his good purposes for you to help you teach others. 
And then I just stopped and let those words echo around the car. And he said, I'm sorry, mom. And so that sincere apology to me was worth a thousand. You can't talk to me that way, young man. That was disrespectful. You say you're sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that, that story has been kind of defining in our relationship. In fact, I, since he's an adult now, I called him up a couple of weeks ago and said, Hey, could I still share this story? And he goes, Oh, you've got to tell that story. It's one of my best. (laughs) (laughs) So it can be really defining in those intense moments when you stop and pray and ask God to show you what might be good in this situation. And then you speak it out. And sometimes that just the kindness of God is meant to lead us to repentance. Well, when we follow in his footsteps with kindness, it often leads kids to spontaneous repentance like it did with mm-hmm. my son. But if not, it gives you the, the true respect, not the fake forced respect, quote unquote respect, the true respect to begin to lead them through a process of reconciliation, mm-hmm. as well as then identifying ways that they can participate with the spirit of God in the future in using yeah. their gift. Right. And building their identity, which just reminds me of the mm. quote that I read from the very beginning, which was your thoughts, parents, your thoughts, teachers, your thoughts can become a child's inner voice and ultimately their identity. So if it is, he is sassy and disrespectful by saying that to me, you're going to respond out of that. And it becomes his inner voice, which is his identity. Or if it's, I see the good in you and how God created you, then he shows up in a much different spirit. And that carries him into the future to say, this is who I am. I've got a gift for vivid word pictures, Lynn. (laughs) And I can use that. That's another thing that I can use. It's so good. You know, when I was talking with a family about identifying gifts gone awry, um, I had a mom once she just, I could tell she was just thinking for a moment and she goes, this is going to change how I pray for my kids. And I said, tell tell me more about that. And she goes, well, right now I I pray about their misbehaviors and that God will help me to help them get these behaviors under control. Now I think I'm going to thank God for the gifts that he put in my kids and pray for wisdom to guide them well. And what a huge shift that is from you know, fear and controlling, like, oh, I got to fix this. I got to stop this to faith-filled, expectant, purposeful parenting. And it was like, it was like a breath of fresh air when she said that. It was such a good way of just like showing that perspective shift is thinking about how it would change her prayers for her kids. I've Mm -hmm. thought about that really often since then. I I love that because it's like, it shifts from God help me with my agenda to fix my kids to Lord, help me discover your plans, your purposes for my kids, and how I can take the tiny little glimmers of those gifts that I can see and find now and water them and grow them and encourage them Mm -hmm. for your purposes. Wow, that's really powerful. And then we can step into that true effectiveness of what God desires for us as parents. Um, You know, I think of those moments when I've really been able to step into my child's gift and encourage them and coach them in that gift. And 
I mean, it's like there's a ripple effect of that. I think of how many times I've stepped in to try to squash a misbehavior or fix a misbehavior. And boy, sometimes it feels like you're just spinning your wheels. And so getting under the surface to what's really going on, to what God's agenda is, and stepping into that is just powerful. And I just think about, you know, in daily life, when I have been able to see the gift gone awry and then call that out and fertilize those things in their lives. I link, I I just feel like I see my kids stand up stronger, just pause Mm -hmm. or, you know, that pause of just, what did you, what did you say? I can hear them almost replaying it in their head. Like, oh, that's me. It's who I am. Yeah. So it's just so fun. It's almost addicting. You just want to do it more and more with your kids. It's because it releases endorphins when we do that. Like the, you know, endorphins double when kids are playing these exciting video games where they're searching for things and then boom, you know, and when we are searching for our kids' gifts and then we see them, it literally is a little endorphin release in our brains that helps to fuel us for those hard times of parenting that drain those endorphin feel-good chemicals. So it's, it's very practically neurological, as well as really inspiring from a spiritual standpoint. You know, and I would just also add that it's long-term vision. Mm-hmm. It's, it's God's perspective for myself and my child, right? Which then takes the pressure off the moment and this behavior that we're working with right now. Mm-hmm. So instead of maybe the old way of, I need to squash it. I think you just mentioned, said that phrase, Lydia, right? It's okay. Well, this is going to come out different in a year or two right now. Okay. We're going to work on this. Mm-hmm. We can, we can work on this. It just makes it so much more lighthearted. Yeah. And it really gives us the freedom to make the mistakes that are a natural part of learning and to just learn and grow instead of beating ourselves up or, or feeling so discouraged about our kids that God is at work in our midst, growing the things that he wants to grow. You know, I think even sometimes the control that parents tend to exert towards their kids can be a gift gone awry. You know, I see a lot of controlling this sometimes in parents who have deep desire to guide their kids well mm-hmm. and to have peaceful homes that reflect the goodness of God. It's a beautiful thing. And so we as parents, we need to see beneath the surface of of some of our struggles too, to what God has put in us and how he wants to come alongside us with his Holy Spirit to infuse those fruits of the spirit into how he's wired us so that we can bring those gifts God awry of ours on track as we lead our kids as well. Mm -hmm, For sure. That was so good, Lydia. Again, it's just back to that question that we ask all the time. What's going on in me? And then, so why is this gift coming out just a little bit wrong? And that's in myself also. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's really good. Are there any final things before we close our podcast that either of you feel that you want to say? Actually, I had another scripture I was thinking about, (laughs) but I had to look it up. (laughs) I've just been in Hebrews 11 in the last few days. It says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So that really helps us to be confident in God's promises about the future, confident that God will complete his work in our children 
And certain of what we do not see is about the present, that, that God is at work right now in our kids, growing them, shaping them. So we don't have to stress because they're not perfect right now. And then it says, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command. And that just allows us to have confidence in the power of the creator, that he will do these things that he's set out to accomplish. And farther on in Hebrews 11, he affirms Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for their faith. And it's all related to their kids. Mm. Abraham offers up Isaac and just like presents him to the Lord. He's yours. Isaac and Jacob bless their children. And that's what they're noted for as far as the faith that got them in the hall of faith. It, it really tied these two things together for me that, you know, hoping about the future, being sure that God is at work in the present and knowing that the power of the almighty creator is at work in our families, in our children. And we can trust that. You know, I think, especially as we talk about families who've got sensitive and intense kids, these kids have got a lot of gifts. And so that means a lot of gifts gone awry. And sometimes the struggles can feel so overwhelming, but we're not alone. The Lord is with us in this. And I, I was reading in Acts 20 recently, and this verse just jumped off the page to me. It's Paul is talking to one of the churches as he's kind of saying his goodbye to them. And he said, now, and now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. So he's kind of saying like, hey, like I've been faithful and now I entrust you to the Lord, to the message of his grace. And that has just been on my heart towards my kids ever since of like, okay, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to entrust you to God's beautiful message of grace and everything that that is able to do that I can't do as a parent. I can't take the role of the Holy Spirit. I can't take God's place to my kids. He is the one that is able to bring, um, bring to completion what he started. Amen. Amen. And he gives us, he walks alongside us and he does give us wisdom and discernment as we take time to look at the gift that's going awry and giving us wisdom as parents. Like how can I coach and how can I shape in the daily life? And the pressure's off because of what both of you just said that God's got my kids and God has the long-term picture and God is going to bring them to completion. Lynn and Lydia, it's just been a pleasure again. What a great conversation we had today. It's just a privilege to represent God's race in our families. Yeah. Yeah. And we leave a moment of silence because it's really true here at Connected Families. Lynn, thank you for your heart. Thanks for your leadership here, Stacey. Lydia, thanks so much for being today. Oh, they, you know what? I think I needed this conversation as much as everybody else. Oh. It's just good to be reminded of God's grace for all of us. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, friends. You can go to our show notes for all the references of the verses we mentioned and any other thing that we can link to. We'll put it in that show note. So click on that to get everything that you need. But I want to let you know that we are a listener-supported organization. Over 45,000 parents like you listen to this podcast every month. Individual donations make the work to equip and encourage families possible. 
Well, for more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.